Uh, good morning, Besorot Tovot. This week's parasha, um, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky asked a question about the blessing of Menhashe and Ephraim. He asked a two-pronged question. Number one, after all of the uh, devastation that has hit this family, why is Yaakov once again only blessing grandchildren that belong to Yosef? That's number one. And number two, why is uh, why is Ephraim before Menashe? And he answers as follows: so, something that's important to know. We have different interpretations or different different times when or different definitions better uh, for for defining the twelve tribes. <clears throat> for example, on the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol, so Yehoseph uh, features, and not Ephraim and Menashe. And we have Levi there as well. So when are Ephraim and Menashe specifically counted as tribes? And the Emet Liakov points out that Ephraim and Menashe are specifically counted as tribes in Machane Israel, in the camp of Israel. And uh, of course, in the splitting and the dividing up of the land. Kuruven. Vashimon Yuli, when Yaakov says that Ephraim and Menashe should be like Reuven and Shimon, he is specifically referring to they should get separate portions in the land of Israel. So Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky in the Emes Yaakov asks why. Why is it the case that Ephraim and Menashe are going to get separate portions and they're not just be a, a, a Nachala, which is called Jehoshaphat, which is divided between the children like everyone else? And he points out that the answer to the question is actually in the verse. The verse says, Hanoldim lecha be'eretz Mitzrayim, the children that were born to you in Egypt. Rabbi Yaakov points out that, that uh, Yaakov Avinu was very, very skeptical about grandchildren who had never seen Israel. They had never visited Israel. They didn't know what Israel was. And he felt, knowing that we were about to go into years of servitude, that during those years, if there was no hope, if there was nowhere to look to, if there was no place to be, then Ephraim and Menashe would simply disappear. And therefore he wanted to give them a connection to their real homeland. He didn't want them to think that their homeland was Egypt. He wanted, to, he wanted them to know their homeland was Eretz Yisrael. So he said, Davka, your children, because they were noldim lecha, because they were born in Egypt, they will be like Reuven and Shimon. I'm giving them a portion in the land of Israel so that they will know. He goes on to point out that why is Ephraim preceding Menashe? And he points out, which is again his own theory, which is very interesting, he says that Ephraim is in fact an Egyptian name and Menashe is a Jewish name. And he wants to suggest that as Yosef became more and more settled, as the names themselves or the meaning of the names uh, uh, reflect, as he became more and more settled in the land of Egypt, he actually became more uh, assimilated to a degree. Okay, we know that he, he remained very religious and it was Yosef Hatzadik, but he wants to suggest that Ephraim is in fact an Egyptian name, Paro, Potifera, Shifra, uh, these are all Egyptian names that uh, we see in the text. And he says Ephraim was an Egyptian name. And Ephraim, Menashe, for example, knew how to interpret between Yosef and the brothers because he spoke Hebrew. Not so 
Ephraim, so says Rav Yaakov. So Ephraim was needed even more of a connection with the land. So he says, first we have to relate to Ephraim because Ephraim has, is is the most distant, and then Menashe because Menashe is the firstborn, and Menashe still has a certain element of connection with the Eretz Israel. He wants to add to that thesis that uh, we know that we uh, have the dry bones in Yechezkel, and the Gemara says, the Gemara suggests that the dry bones in Yechezkel are the dry bones of Shevet Ephraim, who tried to leave Egypt early because they couldn't deal with the, uh, with the slavery. And with a very, very clear allusion to German Jews in Germany during the years, the initial years of Hitler, many of whom committed suicide, he, he suggests that Ephraim, who, who felt they, they were Egyptians, could not deal with the slavery. They could not deal with the fact that the Egyptians had turned on them. And so they tried to leave early, before the time, and therefore they died. They were killed uh, when they were trying to leave Egypt, and they are, in fact, the dry bones. It's a very, very interesting idea. What, what is undeniable in the whole thesis is the fact that Yosef... <coughs> brought these kids up in Egypt. They weren't in Goshen. The rest of the family were sent to Goshen, but Ephraim and Manasseh grew up in Egypt. And their only, their only influence, their only believing influence was in fact Yosef. So the need to connect with the homeland, the need to, and that's why Yosef insists that he should be ven- eventually buried in Israel, that, that Yaakov wants to be buried in Israel. They don't want this kind of... Um, well, forgive me, that this kind of breadth of a journeying, the people going to a place like the Ukraine uh, to visit Rebbe Nachman, of course, Kivrei Sadikim, or one, you know, that I like going to Kivrei Sadikim, uh, but, but the notion that people would glorify travelling to Chutzlaris, glorify the notion of of, of a place in Chutzlaris was, was foreign to Yaakov and foreign to Yosef. They wanted they wanted to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, in Shechem and in Hebron. Why? Because the Jewish people need to know that their roots are Eretz Yisrael. These are our roots. That is why you've heard me say numerous times in the morning, when they started the Avodah of the Beit Migdash, they went to see where the dawn had broken in Hebron. What is connecting Hebron to Yerushalayim? What connects... What connects Hebron to Yerushalayim is the fact that before you start your Avodah every day in the Beit Migdash, you look to the past. We look to the past in order to go forward to the future. I heard, it, ridiculously, I, in one of these, I don't, I don't watch many of these things, but I saw some kind of demonstration where some uh, woman in, uh, in Europe was holding up a, a plaque saying, my grandma is older than the state of Israel. Really? My grandpa, my great-great-grandpa, Avram Avinu, is older than anything that they can even refer to. Our rights to Eretz Israel are older than anything they can think of. Our religion was already antique when Islam was in its diapers. Uh, we, 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 it, when Islam was an embryo, in fact. Don't tell me your grandma is older than my state. My state isn't my right to my country. My right to my country is safe at That's how we began the book of Bereshit, when Rashi says that very first Rashi, they're going to come, they're going to come, and they come, and they come, they say, Listimatem, you stole, you stole the land of Israel. Read Sefer Bereshit. Our rights to the land of Israel, our rights to this country, 
are rooted, deeply rooted in Sefer Bereshit. That's what we've been learning since Parashat Lech Lecha Ad Etzem Ayom Hazeh Tuvayechi, when both Yaakov and Yosef say, bury me in Israel. Israel is my homeland. The Jewish people have to return to Israel. Menashe and Ephraim, all those Menashe and Ephraims who live in Chutzlaris, who uh, who are influenced by their uh, the, the, the liberal and left-wing organizations because they don't have a Kesha, they are in danger. That is exactly the reason why Yaakov insisted that Ephraim and Menashe have a chilek in the land of Israel. I suppose that's uh, part of the idea with birthright, that every Jew in the world knows that this, this is their homeland. This is, this is where they, this is where they, where everything is and where everything begins. And so this is so important. Uh, we have been learning Sefer Bereshit throughout this conflict, and there is no more relevant book. We will try as best we can to make Shemot relevant as well. But there is this has been, we have been totally involved, and we are totally involved in that first Rashi in Bereshit. Listimatem, we stole the land of Israel. Your grandma might be older than the state of Israel. Our grandpa is infinitely older than anything coming out of the Muslim peoples, anything whatsoever. We can respect them, they can worship whoever they want to worship and do whatever they want to do. But but don't talk about our claims to the to the land and don't talk about our claims to Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is, isn't even mentioned in the Quran. The BBC repeat time after time and again about issues happening at Temple Mount. One ought to retort to the BBC at some stage. Why is it called Temple Mount? It's called Temple Mount because our temple was there. Our first temple was there. Our second temple was there. This, this, we we predate everyone. We predate the Muslims. We predate the Christians. Everyone comes from the Tanakh. Everything is from the Tanakh. And the Tanakh states time and time again that the Ikar is Eretz Yisrael, Am Yisrael. That's what the entire Tanakh is about, is Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. So we don't need to um, be uh, in any way uh, challenged by a woman with a placard that says her grandma is older than the state of Israel. No, she isn't. She might be older than the current state of Israel. She's not older than the link between Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, which has always been before they even came into being. Have a good day, Besorot Tovot.